Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer We're gonna check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer and here we are We have made it to Friday We are halfway through March We are two weeks into Top Chef The vibes are perhaps mediocre but we're gonna make it we're gonna make it work today (sighs) episode two of top chef episode one of uh last chance kitchen for this season i have a bone to pick with uh, the good people at nbc universal i don't understand now that we have peacock and all of these episodes are available on peacock just hours after they air on bravo why why, why do I still have to go to bravotv.com, which barely works half the time, to watch Last Chance Kitchen? There, if you go on Peacock, I'm going to go right now. So I, you know, peacock.tv.com. If I go to the Top Chef show page, there is a tab on the page that says extras. Now, What better to put in the extras tab than the accompaniment program that you need to watch for the entire season to make sense that comes out every week? But no, when I click on the extras tab, all that shows up is the trailer for this season, which good for them putting the trailer up there. That is not what I care about. Why do I still have to go to bravotv.com to watch 13 minutes of Top Chef in the same format that they would put like you know, some random style video that nobody's going to watch. Put it on Peacock if you want people to watch it. (sighs) Okay. That's my little rant for the day. I feel like every week I'm going to have one of these rants. Last week it was about Gabri spilling water in Dawn's dish. This week it's about Last Chance Kitchen still being on bravotv.com. Like it's, you know, 1997 or something. Get it together. Corporate synergy. Come on, people. Don't make me go to the other website. Okay, I said the rant was over and then I did it for, you know, 20 more seconds. But anyway, let's get into the episode. We are, you know, fresh off of Samuel going home. Buddha says every challenge here is like the finale because the level of talent, it's, you know, it's tough. Sarah reveals that she has two little babies at home. She's still breastfeeding and she's shipping her milk home to her family while she is competing I, oh my God, I cannot fathom. People are incredible. Women are incredible. Like, good for Sarah. I could never. Like, I can't. The quick fire, we have guest judge, Michelin star chef, Santiago Alastra. He is very handsome. Uh, That is a theme I'm noticing this season. There are just some... uh, 
delectable men heading to London, and I am I'm not mad about it. Uh, but the quick fire challenge is that they have to make an amuse bouche uh, featuring one of these special ingredients, and it has to fit on a Ritz cracker. Uh, like I said last week, I always like to see who the uh, prizes are furnished by, and this week there is, I believe, a five or ten thousand dollar cash prize along with immunity for the quick fire furnished by Ritz crackers. Um, <laughs> Ritz, as Padma says, Ritz is on a mission to make the world a more welcoming place. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's a cracker. Uh, great. I've, I've enjoyed a Ritz cracker in my day. Uh, is it something that I am constantly returning to? Not particularly, but, you know, I'm not mad at it. Uh, but to make things a little more interesting, they are going to be competing in groups of three, but not as groups. They are competing against their groups. Um, and they must use all three of the special ingredients that those group members have chosen. So this leads to some interesting ingredient groupings. We have wasabi, capers, and plantains, yeast extract, hibiscus, and kumquat, botarga, don't know what that is, piquillo peppers, some kind of peppers, don't know what those are, and oyster leaves. I'm like, what are all of these things? This group was stressful to me. Begonia only got one of her tasting crackers put together. Oh, God. If you have Michelin stars, you should be getting your dishes on the plate, on the cracker, if you will. I don't know. Maybe I'm being rude. Then we have caviar cream. Again, I don't know what caviar cream is. We're told it's fishy. Probably not my thing. Jackfruit and tamarind. And then horseradish, goat cheese, and guajillo peppers. Some of these people are putting so much shit on that cracker. Padma is trying her best to eat these in one bite. And some of these crackers, I'm looking at it, I'm like, there is a solid inch of topping on that cracker. I can't unhinge my jaw. This is supposed to be one bite. Come on. I don't you you should not have like a thick layer of some goo and then another topping on top of that and then a garnish. Like like they specifically mention, I think it was Nicole had a really good, um, you know, understanding of the the balance on the cracker. And it's like, yeah, because this isn't supposed to be the fucking leaning tower of pizza of food that you're shoveling into your mouth in one bite. <sighs> I love to hear Padma say, hands up, crackers down. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> Padma makes me laugh. I don't know. Um, and they're like turning around to discuss, you know, the winners of each little thing with their bottles of Saratoga spring water in hand. Uh, anyway, May wins the overall challenge. She had the yeast extract, hibiscus and kumquat. I, <laughs> the quick fires are so funny because it's like, I don't really know what's going on with the food, but I, I, it's exciting. I've been to it. Uh, that brings us to the elimination challenge, which this week is rice uh we have a guest judge lorna maseko who is the host of top chef south africa um love seeing all the people from these different top chef franchises and i think it's so smart that they have obviously contestants from 11 different franchises but then they're bringing in guest judges and other people from even more around the world like it really i didn't know how many top chef franchises we had around the world but it's cool so anyway, they have to make a rice dish for 100 guests, um, and it's important that rice is really the star of the dish. 
We saw this last week. They had to make a, a dish where vegetables were the star. It's it's a classic Top Chef move to basically pick something that seems like it would normally be the side or the base and, and be like, no, 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 that needs to be the thing that we are tasting first and foremost. And inevitably, there are always some people in challenges like this who don't quite do the assignment and give you, you know, a bit a bed of rice with chicken on top. And, you know, we have a few people who do that. And last week, it was the same where it was people were giving things where the vegetables were just kind of an afterthought or a side bit side piece. You know, it's tough. It's tough. Because when I think about rice, I'm like, I eat rice all the time. But rarely am I like savoring the rice part of it. Do you ever think about that? The rice, it supports us. It lifts us up so much. But do we really give it the attention it deserves? I'm not sure we do. You know, uh, Tom is not used to cooking with rice because they don't eat rice in Germany, I guess. Uh, Sylvia from Poland, you know, neighboring country to Germany. She's more of a potato kind of girl. I like that her strategy in this challenge is basically like, I'm going to do potatoes, but there's going to be rice there. And I'm going to kind of do a mind trick to make you eat the potatoes and think about rice. And then also I'm just going to dump some vanilla salt on top of the dish. Uh, Cause why not do that? Um, Gabri is really stressing me out this episode because they are at the grocery store at the Whole Foods, I guess, because, you know, I learned last week that they have Whole Foods in London. Very cool for them. And so he's listing off like 47 million different ingredients, different types of pepper that he's going to be getting. And then he also says that on his original show, the Mexican Top Chef, they didn't have to do any of their own shopping. So I guess they were always just in the kitchen and the pantry was like, ready to go, which the shopping is, a, you know, a classic piece of the Top Chef US puzzle. So it's wild to me that they were never sent into a store with a budget and, you know, a list of ingredients. But he is really struggling with the money. He ends up having to spend money from someone else. It's like, there are a lot of moving pieces to this show. And I, I think we underestimate it. But we're really seeing some of that this season. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale, get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. 
Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Day of the challenge, you know, Dale and Don are both making kanji. Don is pressed for time, like always. Uh, you know, as a Don fan, I've just accepted that she is always going to stress me out. Um, and it is what it is. Um, the dishes overall, most of them look good, but there was nothing that I was particularly wowed by. As a culinary non-expert, maybe that is like an asshole thing to say that I'm looking at all this food and I'm like, eh, you know, the coconut rice with Thai curry that Sylvia makes. I'm like, I do feel like I could get that at, you know, 10 Thai restaurants within a 15 minute walk of my apartment. Um, Tom makes a lamb biryani and that again just kind of seems like, you know, a delicious thing with rice in it but it's not like i don't know charbel makes a spiced rice with chicken and a yogurt sauce ali makes a lamb thing uh for a cocky rice you know like a lot of these do just seem like they are kind of like any old dish that happens to have rice i think people really struggled with the with the rice brief um but anyway the tops in the challenge are Gabri, Allie, and May. Gabri's uh, quest around the grocery store for his 50 ingredients paid off. Allie, who I said made the lamb Uzi, he ends up winning the challenge. Uh, congrats to him. Uh, May, also in the top after winning the quick fire, she is establishing herself as a real threat in the competition. And she seems very sweet. I like her a lot. The bottoms, unfortunately, are Dawn, Luciana, and Sylvia. Luciana, of course, from Brazil, she is uh, based, she's ashamed of herself because rice is such a big thing in Brazil. She's like, if I go home on this challenge, I don't think I'll ever be able to show my face in Brazil. Uh, Sylvia, like I said, is more used to potatoes. This ends up being a big thing because the judges feel like Sylvia tried something that she doesn't normally do. It didn't work out. And she understands that. Whereas they feel like with Dawn and Luciana there's not so much of an understanding of what they did wrong. And even Dawn, when they go back after judge's table, she's like, well, you know, I did what I did. 
if they didn't like it, it's, it is what it is. And I think the judges would like to see a little bit more of like, a, oh, you know, I know I fucked up so bad and I, I made this uncharacteristic mistake and I, uh, I don't want to ever do it again. So if your attitude, I don't think it's a bad attitude, but to have a little bit more of like a, yeah, shit happens. Not everybody's going to agree. It's like, that's not quite the energy that the judges are going to be like, she knows what she did. And she's sorry. Uh, so, so, so such as to say Dawn gets sent home. And, you know, I was really sweating. I watched this uh, in advance. So the Last Chance Kitchen wasn't out yet. I was like, oh, God, I just talked to Dawn earlier this week. This is going to be rough. Um, <laughs> but we go, to, we go to Last Chance Kitchen. And so it's Dawn and Samuel. First of all, I got to say, a note to how they are formatting this season. When you announce one person as the winner of Top Chef France, that sounds extremely prestigious. I know French cuisine is very um, fancy, renowned. And then you announce the other person as a finalist of Top Chef Portland or the winner of Top Chef Houston or Top Chef Kentucky. I, I think they would be better off saying like Top Chef US because I gotta say Top Chef Kentucky doesn't quite sound like it carries the same weight as Top Chef any other country Top Chef Brazil Top Chef Italy Top Chef Germany like uh, unless I'm mistaken the US one is like the original Top Chef the flagship show, this is the show that we are on right now. Like it's Top Chef on Bravo. They're selling themselves short by saying, well, I mean, Dawn was a finalist in Portland. It's like, no, she was a finalist of America. Anyway, that's a, that's a different issue. So for this challenge, they are given ingredients from their most memorable Top Chef finale dishes, which doesn't end up really meaning anything except for that Don has to use lamb and Samuel has to use salmon. They only get 30 minutes. Uh, Samuel says in the Top Chef France finale, they had 10 hours to prep. I'm like, how do you even work for 10 hours? Isn't that like a labor dispute issue? Is there a, is there a chef's union that can get involved? I know there's not, but there should be. I don't know. It's so stressful. 30 minutes. Dawn has to make lamb. She puts her tomatoes in the wood fire oven and then it turns out it's like not even on or not hot or something. I feel like she should get extra time for that. Like they fucked her up with that. The oven clearly is supposed to be on. Tom is over there like putting his hand in it. He's like, uh, I don't know. Like maybe we should put like an out of order sign on the oven so people know not to use it. Just saying. So Dawn has to improvise with her tomatoes a little bit. Samuel's making a salmon teriyaki with mushrooms. He says he won the finale uh, of his own show with a similar dish and he serves it at his restaurant. And it's a great hit, which uh, when people say that, it always is. It's a little bit of like Molly, you and Danger Girl energy, because it's like, look, you have this thing at your restaurant at home that you've spent all this time perfecting and you've made a lot of money off of. You trying to recreate that in the Top Chef kitchen, it's not always going to go great. And, you know, as we see, Samuel gets sent home. 
Now, as a Dawn fan, I was personally very relieved at this outcome. Last Chance Kitchen is so stressful. I Top Chef is one of those shows where it sneaks up on you. I'm like, eh, yeah, it's just, it's like fun cooking, whatever. And then it's Last Chance Kitchen and I'm like fully not breathing. But anyway, Dawn lives to fight another day. Tom loves her dish. She's there. She's going to fight. She's glad she doesn't have time to overthink anymore. That's how she thrives. And I wish the best for her. Can't wait to see what happens next week uh, when I will be back with all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. You can follow me at Dylan Hafer. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.